0: All right, so a couple things before we begin. Um, So, first of all, some of you were not here Sunday morning, um, and so we need to get some contact information which is being passed around, hopefully. Did it make its way all the way through? Okay, got it. Okay, so make sure you put your contact information on there um, so we can make sure that you're in on on everything. Also, we chat through GroupMe, so all of our announcements, updates, ways to encourage one another is on the GroupMe app. So... Um, if you would like to be in that, which I encourage everyone to do it, um, then go ahead and download that. Let me know that you've downloaded it, and then I can add you to the group. And we have a one big group just for everybody. And then we have, like, a guy's group. We have a girl's group. And sometimes we start other ones depending on what's going on. Uh, but that's what we do. Yeah. Um, so we just took out the seniors out of all the groups, which is sad. But now our girl's group has, like, nobody in it. So I know some of you... Like you said, probably haven't downloaded the app yet. But as soon as you do, let me know so I can add you because our group is kind of sad right now. Yeah, Yeah, we don't want sad groups in GroupMe. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, The other thing, too, is that I have learned this uh, from this past year because we've been using it basically for about a year and a half (laughs) now. Is that uh, GroupMe only works when you have really good relationships with each other face-to-face. And so get into the group one at least at a bare minimum. But we encourage you to use the other ones because it's a way for us to be praying for one another. Like if you're at school and you're allowed to use your phones at school, which most everyone is. I know there's still a few that aren't. But if you're allowed to use your phones at school and let's say something pops up that we can be praying for you about, throw it in there so we can be praying for each other about it. And we'll do the same thing as leaders as things happen in our life and all that stuff. But we put um, our announcements in there. If there's activities and stuff that's going on, if we want to randomly get some people together, we use that. So please make sure that you use that. Um, also, we have a podcast. So if you go on the uh, iTunes podcast app um, and you get onto that bad boy and you search for salad, we have all of our messages up from Sundays and Wednesdays on there. So if there's a week that you you know miss or if you want to go back and listen to something again, I've had a lot of people thank me for doing that. Um, because they can go back and listen to stuff, too. So, And a lot of our seniors that have left, uh, they continue to listen to our messages um, just because it's really neat for them to be a part of what you guys are learning. Yeah, Timmy. wondering, do they cost money to listen to or are they just real? No, donations only. No, it's free. It's free. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Um, but if you want to give money, I'll never turn that away. Um, so, okay, so there's that. And then I've been trying to get it on the Google Play Store, but they've just been jerks to work with, so I'm trying to figure that out. <laughs> They're just way more difficult. Apple's made it super easy, per usual, with most of their technology. So anyway, um, <laughs> that's that. Uh, but anyway, so tonight what I wanted to do is um, we are starting on Sunday morning uh, biblical relationships. And so tonight I wanted to go through the senior high philosophy of ministry. I go through this once a year. So for some of you, you've heard this before. But I encourage you, if you've heard this before, just listen to it with a new pair of ears because there's always something new for you to learn. Um, Even me going through this again today was a good refresher for me, and I tweaked a few things here and there. But this is a great reminder for us coming out of summer camp, where we're at as a ministry, why we do what we do as a ministry. So we're going to talk about that. And if you have any questions along the way, please do not hesitate to raise your hand and ask. If it's a stupid question, I will let you know. Uh, But generally, it's not that bad. Uh, but we're going to be talking about some of this stuff because it's important. Some of you guys, this is brand new to, to you as far as this ministry is concerned, so it's important for you to know what we do, the heartbeat of the ministry, and really why we do some of the things that we do as a ministry. So before we go any farther, let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll get into this. Lord God, thank you so much for who you are and your graciousness, your mercy that you show us each and every day. Um just even this past week, to be able to see everybody serving you in the capacity of VBS, whether it be just with songs up front or just running around and getting things done for everybody or teaching and helping in a classroom or doing some of the skits up front, all of it is super important. I just remember in my life that you used that to really plant the seeds for ministry and how that really guided and directed me and my future and you were just—you used me mightily in that, and, and I could see how you could use someone like me to affect the lives of other people. So I pray, God, that we would always have a heartbeat in this ministry for Vacation Bible School, and that it would uh, really be a good opportunity for all of us to uh, learn how to teach the Bible and to share the gospel with children and to have opportunities with their families and to love one another and to love on these kids and their families. So I pray that this rest of the week would go well and that more kids would be able to come to hear the gospel and that we would be praying for each other in that regard. And even tonight as we take a look at the senior high ministry and why we do what we do week in and week out, I pray that there would be a few things here and there that you would convict us of. Help us to see our shortcomings and help us to see how we might be able to correct those things that we may honor and glorify you. So thanks for this time. Uh, We do love you. We pray these things in Jesus name. Amen okay so solid youth ministries philosophy of ministry so philosophy ministry is pretty just a fancy term that we use but it just simply means why we do what we do Uh, any ministry in a church has a philosophy Um, there are some churches where their youth ministry they're more interested in just entertaining people and having a good time Uh, we want to have a good time but that's not what we're all about Uh, we want to be able to equip you guys in order to really hit the next phase of your life and to not fall on your face Um, And that's really in all of our hearts, because in some way, shape, or form, all of us have done that as far as leaders are concerned, and we don't want you to make the same mistakes that we have made in our life. So let's start it off right at the top. So what does SOLID mean? The acronym SOLID mean. What does it mean? Shining Shining our light in darkness. Shining our light in darkness. This was an acronym that Jay and Courtney came up with years ago, and I love it. I love it. Because every single day, you have an opportunity to shine your light in darkness, or not, depending on what you do as you walk with God. Uh, No matter where you're at, it doesn't matter if you are homeschooled, you go to public school, you go to Christian school, it doesn't matter. Everywhere you go, the world is always there. And you have an opportunity to shine your light, or just be like everybody else. And so Matthew 5, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16, are our ministry verses for this matthew chapter 5 trying to be careful about the boat matthew chapter 5 quick hint this is not in the old testament just in case you're wondering try to help you out a little bit all right matthew chapter 5 we've got 14 15 16 so somebody read fourteen, fifteen, and 16 for me. Who would like to be a reader? Go ahead. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Okay. So these verses go together. I could just pick verse 16, but I love 14 and 15 along with it. Because if you are born again in Christ, the spirit of Christ of God is living inside of you, you are the light of the world. This world is full of darkness. Everywhere you go is full. It's just full of darkness. And if you have Christ inside of you, you are in opposition to this world. So you shine your light. That's what your purpose is. And I love how it gives us an illustration right there. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. I've shared this example before, right in the margin of my Bible, I wrote this because I never wanted to forget it. I remember every single year we would go up to Canada and there are several places in Canada that we would go. Um, Most years we went to what was called Rice Lake and it was just a fun place to go. One of my favorite memories of Rice Lake was that the way it was, it was, uh, it sat like on the side of a lake, Rice Lake, it was about seven miles long. And the campground ended up at the top on this giant hill. And we would go up at night, and we would lay down on that hill, and we would just stare up at the sky. And it was like the clearest sky that I've ever seen in my life. I mean, you could count shooting star after shooting star after shooting star. You would watch satellites like crazy. Oh, you could see the space station. I mean, it was just awesome. I loved it up there. It was one of my favorite parts of Rice Lake. Well, there's another place that gave me um, some really good memories over the years, and that was Golden Lake, and it was also in Ontario and Canada. And I remember, we used to be in this cabin with that, um, it was like almost right on the beach, and then there was Golden Lake right there, and there was a couch that was seated almost right against this big bay window that you could see the lake. It was beautiful. I remember one night I was sleeping on that couch, and I looked over, and just across the bay a little bit, there was this bright light just on the other side of the shore. And I'm like, what is that? And I remember my dad getting his Bible, and he opened it up to Matthew chapter 5, and he shared this verse with me. And he said, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. So there was this little town, this little city that was kind of set up. It was covered by trees, but it was set up on a hill, and the bright lights of the town just radiated, and you couldn't miss it. It was, it was incredible. And so I remember, I asked my dad, can we go there? Whatever that town is, I just want to go there. I want to go there during the day, and I want to see it. So he said, sure. Sure. So we went the next day into this town, and we went in and out. It was, like, super short. It was, like, one main road. There's hardly anything in it. I think they had, like, an ice cream store, antique shop, a grocery store, gas station, and that was it. That was it. It was just a small little dump, really. And I'm like, this is it? And he said, yeah. It wasn't anything special. It wasn't anything fabulous or majestic, but it looked like it from a distance at night. And so what I love about that illustration is that you and I may not think that we are anyone special or that there are other people that are more gifted than we are, but here's the reality of it. When you are set in this world of darkness, you are magnificent. When you let your light shine before men to let people see who God is, you you radiate with God's glory. People may go into your town and get to know you and find out that you're just a normal person. Like there's nothing that special really about you. But there really, really is. It's the Lord. And so it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what your background is, what your struggles are, what your strengths are. It doesn't matter. If you're willing to shine your light, God can be glorified. And so then it says in verse 15 Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. How stupid is it to have a flashlight? And you turn it on and you cover up the end and try to use it. (laughs) I'd say it's pretty stupid. (laughs) That's not the purpose. That when you have a light, it's meant to turn it on and you're able to see everything in front of you. That's the whole point of a flashlight. Well, if you know Christ, you have a light inside of you and some of you are covering it up and not letting anyone see it. And you're being pretty stupid, just being honest. We are we're acting pretty stupid because that light is supposed to go out and shine and people need to see it so they can come to that light and find out what's going on. Very important. And then verse 16, let your light so shine before men, why? That they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Not you, your Father. So those things in your life that you that you do that are good and that are godly that make you stand out you know like maybe your decision to to not speak like everybody else and not and not curse and and to not uh talk bad about other people and not uh take part in in dirty jokes or things that put down other people or or maybe you choose not to go certain places and people give you a hard time for it those things that you do that are good and that are godly are meant To show God and his glory in your life. It's not about you being a good person. It's not about you wanting to have this reputation to make yourself feel better or to people to praise you for how good you are. It's so that way I do this because of the Lord. I do this because of him in my life. My relationship with him means something to me. And if it offends God, then I don't want it in my life. That's the purpose. We get this thing completely turned around, and often we want to do it because we just want to be known to be a good person, or someone that has a good reputation, or people know that my family goes to church, and so I have to act this way. No, that's not how this works. They are supposed to be things that shine, so that way you can glorify your Father which is in heaven that's important for you guys to understand and so that's why we have this whole solid acronym and and one of the things that we try to really put inside of you guys is that you have an awesome opportunity i will say this all the time freshmen you'll get so tired of me saying this at the end of four years hopefully not um you have a time right now for the next four years of your life to be around people that you will never be around ever again and if you are around them again, it'll be like in passing, you'll have very shallow relationships. These people that you're trying to impress now or trying to get in their circles with now in four or five years, they're not gonna mean very they're not gonna mean much to you at all at all. I can count on one hand the people that I graduated with or went to high school with that I'm still close to now. And these are people that I cared about their opinions so much when I was in high school. And it's hard because you're with them day in and day out. I get it. It's hard. But you have to be able to, like I talked about on Sunday, you have to be able to look past your circumstance to what God wants you to do and believe him over what you see. And that can be very difficult. All right. So with that in mind, then how do we shine our light in darkness? Well, first of all, uh, this is a this is a no brainer. You have to receive the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. If a person is not saved, they have no light to shine. If they don't have the spirit of God in them, then they can't shine anything. So that's important. Um, And that's something that you've got to nail down. So if you want to follow God's will for your life and shine your light in darkness, then you have to have light to shine. And that light is not you. It's him in order for that to shine unto other people. So that's the first thing. And second thing is walk with the Lord daily and obey what he says. Now, this is the hard part. This is the part that we fall short with. Nearly every day, but this is this is what is required to have a good, thriving relationship with God. And we're going to get into more of this with biblical relationships starting on Sunday. So, what does this mean, walking with the Lord? Well, first of all, it means to give our heart to the Lord every day and throughout the day. And this is critical. I wanted to put this one first before praying, and before reading the Bible, because a lot of people think, well, I need to pray and read the Bible in order to have a good relationship with God. I mean, we sing it in BBS. Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, pray every day. And you grow, grow, grow. And you'll grow, grow, grow. Awkward moment. And you'll grow, grow, grow. And we keep going. So that's not necessarily true. We're lying to the children. No, I'm kidding. It's not necessarily true if God doesn't have your heart. If God has your heart, when you pray and then you read, then you'll grow. And see, that's something that those kids don't understand yet because they're not there. But you guys are. So some of you, you don't pray or you don't read your Bible because God doesn't have your heart. That's why. And that's why you struggle. If God has your heart, you won't struggle reading your Bible. Trust me. Trust me. If God has your heart, you're going to want to be in the Bible. When God has your heart, when things go wrong, you're going to be calling out to him. You will because he has your heart and you have his. So it's important. So I want to look at a couple verses here. Um, Let's go to Proverbs. Proverbs, awesome book. If you don't have anywhere to read, you may have heard this recommendation before, but there are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs. You can do a chapter a day and Proverbs is chuck full of wisdom you and I need for our daily life. Proverbs chapter 23 is where we're going to go first. Proverbs 23. This is one of those verses I refer to quite often. Proverbs 23:26. Give me a reader. 23:26, Kent. Okay, I love this verse because I picture this being God speaking to you and I as his sons and daughters. And God is asking you daily, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. When God has your heart, your eyes will observe his ways. You will get into the Bible. You'll want to know his ways. You'll want to know why God thinks the way he thinks, why he acts the way he acts. It's just part of who you are when God has your heart. So he's asking you daily, my son, give me thine heart. And let thine eyes observe my ways. Why? Go over to Proverbs 4. Why would God tell you to do that? Proverbs 4. And reader for 23, 423. Go ahead, Haley. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Okay, somebody explain this to me. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Somebody explain that. What does that mean? Good. In our heart comes, like, a lot of jealousy and anger and, like, the things that we hold on to. It's in mm-hmm. our heart, and that could be grudges or, like, bitter intentions towards people, even though you don't even really realize that you are holding on to. Okay, that's a great example. So, let's play this out. So, let's say, for example, you are bitter and angry because... Somebody give me a reason. Because somebody rejected you, giving it the gospel. There you go. All right. (laughs) I was going to say it's because your mom (laughs) packed your peanut butter and jelly instead of a ham sandwich. But, you know, that's all right. We can go the more spiritual route. Okay, so, so... So, let's say... Let's say somebody uh, ends up rejecting you or maybe they make fun of you for going to church or carrying your Bible to school. And then you start to become bitter and angry because they are treating you wrongly. Which is easy because when people treat me wrongly, I get mad. I get frustrated by that. I mean, don't you guys? Unless you're like so laid back you don't care about anything in this world. Which then that's another problem. It's called apathy. All right. So, um, All right, so let's say they give you a hard time. Okay, so if you get bitter and angry towards we will pick on Rick. Rick because he made fun of you for bringing your bible to school. Then once you're added to you attitude you going to be towards Rick tomorrow. <laughs> 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 I'm <about> Rick <laughs> salty I love. That. Super salty. <laughs> <laughs> and you might right. have seen the about Rick to other people. Yeah. It's salty. So, are you going to are you going to want to talk to Rick? No, no. never. No. Never again. Ever. <laughs> Are you going to want to be with him at all? Nope. Okay. Are you going to want to even be near him at all? All right. If he has close friends, are you going to want to be near them or to talk with them? Probably not. Probably not. Okay. So this happens all the time. But because you're harboring anger and bitterness, you begin to treat people completely different. So out of your heart are the issues of life. And that's the point. That's the point. Is that your heart and the state of your heart determines the decisions that you make on a daily basis? Every day. Every day. So, wherever your heart is, then those are the decisions you're going to make. If you're being incredibly selfish in the morning and you really don't want to get up and spend time with God, what are you not going to do? It's not going to be a good day. No. And you're not going to open up your Bible. If you're not really walking with God and you have really no relationship with him because you don't even want to be in the Bible anyway, and you really don't want to pray, and then you have a friend at school who you know is lost, and they need to get saved, and you have an opportunity to invite them to church, are you going to do it? Probably not. Probably not. Or maybe you've been not walking with God so much that your friends at school don't even know that you're a Christian, then you would definitely not talk about church, Because if you talk about church, then they're going to think, well, then why do you behave this way in your life? Because I thought, I mean, you're supposed to be this Christian, and Christians are supposed to do... Okay, so you see what I'm talking about here? So out of your heart come the issues of life. Wherever your heart is, those are the decisions you're going to make. So if you have a hard time being honest with yourself, just sit down and think about it. Do I spend time with God? Do I want to be in the Bible? Do I want to talk to Him? Do I want to invite people to church? Do I want to actually deal with my sin that keeps getting in the way? And if the answer is no, then God does not have your heart. And you're not going to make good decisions. And that's really the core of the the issue here. So I love this verse because God says, Keep thy heart with all diligence. A lot of us are very free with our heart. We're, we we just allow ourselves to have any emotion we want. We allow ourselves to indulge in whatever thoughts we want to indulge our thoughts in, and you have no idea of how much that immediately affects your heart in that moment. I mean, immediately. Like even if you're lusting about something, or you're coveting about something, or you desire to have a relationship with this person, or you're and you're thinking about these things, and you allow your heart to be consumed with those things, then that is going in your heart. Those are the things you're thinking about, and that's what you do, and you just push God aside This is how it happens every time. I mean, go back, look at your own track record, tell me I'm wrong. Because I know it's happened in my life, and that's why I struggle in my relationship with God every now and again. Because I don't keep my heart with all diligence. What I think about with keeping my heart with all diligence is something like this. Like, let's say I have an open container of water. And this open container of water that I'm holding, I could put a lid on it an airtight lid that nothing can get in, or I can just leave it open and leave it sit out and anything at once can go in there and you can just drink it And later on down the road. I mean, what are you going to do with it? If I'm going to drink water, I want to drink pure water. I don't want to drink water that has been defiled. I mean, can you imagine just leaving a cup outside underneath a tree overnight and it's raining and you got birds and you got, and the thing is just full of just whatever's been in there. Oh, I'm parched. Give me a drink of that water. Mm, no, we just don't do that. We don't do that. That's You're weird if you want to do that or super desperate. Anyway, so, so I would want to drink pure water. I would want that. So in order to have pure water, you have to keep it contained. In your heart, you have to keep it with all diligence. But here's the problem. Our heart is, according to Jeremiah 17, go there, Jeremiah 17, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 17, (laughs) Jeremiah 17, verse 9 and 10, I'll get a reader for that one, (laughs) you know, Okay, I love these verses. They convict me like crazy. The heart is deceitful above all things. Above all things. All things means all things. In case you're wondering, right there, all things means all things. Okay, your heart is is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You cannot understand your own heart. You can't. Even in the Proverbs, I forget the, the verse right now off the top of my head, but it talks about... Um, only a fool trusts in his own heart. He that trusts in his own heart is a fool. That's what the Bible says. So if you're willing to trust in your own heart, your own feelings, your own emotions, your own desires, you are a fool. You're a fool. You are not wise, you are a fool. And that's because our heart is desperately wicked and deceitful. So if we are responsible to keep our heart, but then while we're keeping it, our heart is desperately wicked and deceitful, and then we have our own sinful flesh that's going on here, can you trust yourself with your own heart? That's the answer. No, you cannot. You cannot. Which is why Proverbs twenty six twenty three says, My son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. You need to give up control of your heart to God and let him take it and let him teach you and guide your heart properly. And so that means very simply that when you have the desire to do something before you go and you do it, who do you talk to first? The Lord. And where do you get your counsel from? the Bible. And if you don't know where in the Bible to get your counsel about whatever matter, who do you go to? A discipler. If you're being discipled, your discipler will help you out with that. If you're not being discipled, who do you go to? One of your leaders, one of your pastors. Maybe your parents, your family. You don't go to people who are going to give you the answer you want. We do that so much because, you know, Let's say you're interested in this other person, and then you. I'm thinking about this because we're going to relationships here soon, and we're going to get into this, so it'll be fun, kind of. So, so let's say you're interested in somebody, and you know, you know, you know already, you know that that is not the person you're supposed to be with. You already know that. No one needs to tell you. You already know. But this is how I feel. And I'm choosing to see the good things or the things that will benefit me in this relationship. And I'm going to just casually ignore the things that are just, you know, not good. We do this all the time. And you know what? I'm going to go to this guy, Billy. Because Rick, forget him, I'm bitter. So... So I'm going to go, forget Billy, I'll go to Andy. Andy, I'll go to Andy. Andy was not someone that I should have gotten counsel with from in high school, just to let you know. <laughs> so anyway, and he will tell you that. I mean, if he were here, he'd be like, oh, no, no, no. But so let's say I was in high school and Andy was an immature Christian, which he was at that time, super immature. And so I would go to him like, all right, Andy, I'm just really, I'm interested in, in this girl. And he'd be like well, you know, I don't know. And then I would talk to him because I'd have my reasons. I'd I'd be able to persuade him. He's like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's totally, I think you should do it. I totally, yes, I knew it. And so now because this person agrees with me, I now have the green light in my mind to pursue this relationship, even though in my heart between me and the Lord, I know that I should not be with this person. But I went and I sought counsel from someone who would give me the answer that I wanted or someone that I could persuade or manipulate to get them to believe the things that I want them to believe in order to give me the right answer. Rather than going to someone that I know will tell me the truth regardless of how I feel because they care about me And they love me and I need their counsel and their opinion That's really really hard But that is a great step of maturity By the way, if you're willing to go to someone who you know what they will tell you will be hard But it is the honest truth because they love you and they care about your well-being That is a sign of great maturity on your part so Your heart is desperately wicked and deceitful. And so we need to give our heart to the Lord every single day and throughout the day because we cannot be trusted with it. No matter what the world tells you, just believe in your heart. No, don't do that. Don't do that. That's what the world says, but God's like, no, if you do that, you are a fool and you will make decisions that are terrible and you will regret it. And so once God has your heart, then, of course, praying and reading, studying, memorizing, meditating, and obey the Bible, that's critical, And then actively participate in the work of the Lord, evangelism and discipleship. And you got Matthew 28, which is our our theme verse for discipleship in general. And 2 Timothy 2.2, which is our theme verse for um, discipleship. uh, And evangelism is Matthew 28, but they both are entwined together. So, actively participate. That You're talking to people about the Lord. You're inviting them to church. That you're involved in discipleship. You're being faithful in discipleship. You are an active participant in the work of the Lord. When you stop being an active participant in the work of the Lord, you will not grow. Okay. So this is a picture that i've used quite often and anytime that i'm speaking to someone um that is not familiar with our ministry or uh like i just did this with the church in um finley um we were talking about youth ministries and approaches to youth ministry i use this picture in these, as an example so we will not have time to look at all these verses but i just want to just highlight a few for you and i want you to see this picture and i want you to understand it and then once we get through this then you'll get it and we'll be we'll be out of here okay so the seniorite ministry is similar to the season of the disciples in the gospels so when you look at the gospels and you start off in luke chapter one for the timeline of jesus ministry on earth in case you didn't know this but the book of luke in your bible has the most chronological order uh the most i I forget how to say that my grammar is way off it chronologically an order of events is the most is the is the best book to go through so if you want to know like what happened when the book of luke gives you the best order as far as how things happened as they happened you get into matthew mark and john events did not happen in that order i don't know if you knew that but that's just a little nugget from the bible that will help you with the gospels so in luke chapter one you have the conception of jesus and you have his birth and his childhood. And then in Luke chapter 3, you have John the Baptist, Jesus' baptism, and his lineage. And then after his baptism, you have Luke chapter 4 through six twelve. You have his temptation out in the wilderness. This is the start of Jesus' public ministry. And the disciples begin to follow Jesus. Now go over to Luke chapter 6. I want you to see this. Luke chapter 6. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Luke chapter 6. All right, so most people believe that when Jesus started his ministry, that he was baptized. They know that after his baptism, then he was tempted out in the wilderness. And then after the wilderness, then he immediately chose his 12 disciples. And then they started their own stuff. And they started going around preaching, teaching, healing, all that kind of stuff. That's not what happened because if you look at this chronological order from Luke you find out that his temptation was all the way back in chapter 4. And then you have chapter 5 and chapter 6. So when you read through this, you start to find out that after his temptation in the wilderness, he came back and he began to preach publicly from city to city. And so as he was preaching publicly city to city, people would come out and they would gather and they would hear what he had to say. And then he would have these people that would believe him and other people would not believe him. And so that's what happened. Every single time that Jesus spoke... It's the same thing that hap- that's happening here tonight. It's the same thing that happens on Sunday morning. There are people that hear and want to hear, and they believe. And there are other people that just tune out, and they walk away. It happens every time the Bible is open. And so what happens is he's preaching. People hear. They want to stay with him, and so they, they start spending time with him. As they're spending time with him, then Jesus picks out 12 out of those that, that group of people that decide, hey, I want to follow Jesus. So in Luke chapter 6, you have um, in verse 12 it says and it came to pass in those days that he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night that's right everybody all night in prayer to god so he did not sleep at all that night he prayed all night all stinking night all night how long have you prayed 30 seconds tap out i'm done (laughs) can't take it going to sleep at night you're in bed one minute two minutes boom out fell asleep praying he prayed all stinking night that is amazing that is amazing something major was about to happen look what happened verse 13 and when it was day he called unto him his disciples and of them he chose 12 so he had disciples but then he chose 12 specifically whom also he named apostles simon whom he named Peter and Andrew's brother James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, and Thomas. James the son of Alphaeus and Simon called Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James and Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. So after praying all night, he had a big decision to make. He prayed all night under God, and then it was day. He called his disciples, and then he chose out twelve, and those were the twelve that stayed with him the whole way through. So then after that, he ends up going out and he ends up discipling them he ends up um you know going out and preaching more with them he begins teaching them more but then number five so four and five is where i really feel like where the senior high ministry is at is that you've come to the place in your life hopefully that you know who jesus is you know the gospel and you've, you've either chosen to believe it receive it and believe it and that you now belong to christ or you just know it, but you just, you're just you just not a disciple. You, you believe God, but you're not willing to give your life to him. You're not willing to be a disciple, whatever that is. But I believe that it's either that one way or the other in this room. Either you're saved or not. And if you are saved, you have chosen to be a disciple or not. Because there are believers, but then there are disciples. And so here, there comes a point where the faith of Jesus' disciples are tested. Some turn away and others remain. As he works through, you can read John 6... And there's some stuff that Jesus said, and it says in John 6:66, 6, John 6:66, 6 6 6, six six six. Just to let you know in case you're wondering where it's at. It's in John chapter six and verse 66. Okay, that's six six six. Got it? Got it? Okay. All right. So bad, very bad. All right. So there comes a point where it says many of Jesus' disciples turned back and followed him no longer, and in in Mark chapter eight, verses 27 through 38. Jesus asks his disciples then, he says, whom do men say that I am? And Peter answers, and he's like, well, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're Elias. Some say you're one of the prophets. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But who do you say that I am? And Peter says, well, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And so there are people that do that all the time. There are people that have opinions about Jesus and who he is and about the Bible and about Christianity and all that stuff. But what do you believe And so they believed the truth, and so they stuck with him. Even if they didn't understand it or get it, they stuck with with him. So you have some turn away and others remain. But then look at number six. In John 18 and 19, all of them, all the disciples forsake Jesus. All of them. There came a moment of serious, heavy temptation and trial where he was going to be arrested and then crucified. All the disciples, even the 12, even Peter, James, and John, the close three, even John himself, who was the closest to Jesus, they all Fled, All of them. They forsook Jesus and they fled. Every single one of them. That tells me this. It's very important for you to get this. There will come a point in time in your Christian life where you will turn your back on Christ. The question is, what are you going to do after? Are you going to stay on the run? Or are you going to repent and quickly come back? Because John quickly came back. He realized what he had done And he came back. And not only did he come back, but he was willing to go all the way, all the way through the crowds, through the beatings, through the persecutions, to follow Jesus all the way and stand at the foot of the cross while Christ died. Knowing that they could have grabbed him at any moment and threw him up on a fourth cross with the other thieves. At any moment, they could have done that because he was one of Jesus' disciples. But John knew, yeah, I forsook him, and then I was convicted. And I quickly repented, and I want to go, and I want to be with my Savior, even to his final breath. That's a disciple. So we will make mistakes. We are going to fail. It's bound to happen. The issue is what are you going to do about it afterward? And then you have John 20 through Acts 1, the restoration and consecration of the 11 disciples, apostles, and the other disciples, because Judas obviously went out and he hung himself. And then Acts 2 through 28, the 12 apostles, because Matthias took his place, and the other disciples make new disciples and turn the world completely upside down, And they end up making a mark on the world that no one's ever seen since. And so when you look at this chart beneath that, I look at numbers 1 through 3. So basically from Luke 1 to Luke 6 verse 12, I look at the junior high ministry right there. So a bunch of junior hires that you're here and you're brand new. I look at this and I see this is what you just came from that you understand who Jesus is, where he came from. You understand that he is the Messiah and that he's the Savior. You understand what he went through, and, but, and you know that, and you've trusted him, hopefully, as your Savior, but you've not really chosen yet to be his disciple. And then, in the senior high, it's like four and five, okay? I'm going to choose that I want to follow the Lord, and as I follow the Lord, you're going to make some dumb mistakes. Trust me. Trust me. And it's better to make dumb mistakes now in the four years that you're in high school than to leave high school and make dumb mistakes. The consequences now are far less significant than if you get outside of this time and start making dumb decisions then. Because you had, I mean, circumstances, I read in the Gospels all the time, you got like, um, it was uh, James and John who uh, Jesus was coming through and he wanted to go through this one area and Jesus didn't want them, or they didn't want Jesus to come through. And so James and John like, Lord, can we just like call fire down from heaven and destroy them all? Okay, no, (laughs) Uh, no, I came to save men, not kill them. Oh, right. I mean, (laughs) okay, so we we do dumb things all the time. Whether it's for the right intentions or not, in this time that you guys are living, you're going to make some pretty stupid mistakes. And I get it. And it's part of growing up. It's part of learning and growing. But there comes a point where Jesus died, and so he's no longer there, and then they have to choose what are they going to do? I mean, even after Jesus rose from the dead and he made himself known to them, there came a point where he ascended up into heaven and then he was gone. And they stood there. And they stood there looking. Like, what do we do? I don't know. Did you just stand here? And just keep looking up in heaven? Yeah. And then the angels show up. Stop staring up in heaven. He's going to come down the same way he went up. Go to Jerusalem. Oh, right. And then they go. So then they decide to go, and then now they start living out their faith. So there comes a point where you guys are going to be kicked out, and it's just going to be just you, regardless of anybody else, what are you going to do with what you say you believe? It's like camp. It's easy to walk with God at camp. It's easy to respond to God and the convictions of God at camp because you're at camp. You're at camp. You're in the Bible more than once a day. You're around people that are trying to memorize verses, even though it's for points, but you're still memorizing verses. And you're thinking about your camp commitments. You're hearing the messages and they're stirring inside your heart. It's easy. It's easy. Well, in the same way, it's easier now in the youth ministry to live a life that is pleasing to god because you have everyone else around you hopefully it's the idea that we're all wanting to walk with god week in and week out we come together on sundays we come together on wednesdays we get together for activities and it makes it easier to be together to strengthen your faith to do the things that are right but there comes a point where you will leave this group and some of you will be going away to school Some of you might even be local, but your schedule ends up pulling you out of stuff from church because you get jobs. You start having responsibility. Then what are you going to do? Because now your relationship is no longer going to be supported by a ministry where we're meeting at least once or twice a week and doing once a month activities now it's going to be up to you what are you going to do about it so the whole point of all this is that everything that we do is i'm trying to and we're trying to as your leaders trying to prepare you for that day that day where you are out of here and like luke johnson you want to keep coming back but you have to go (laughs) because you need to start doing what god told you to do and it needs to be your faith your walk with god and it's not anybody else's And so if you could picture in your mind that if you are the only person walking with God out of anyone in your life, anyone in your family, anyone in your church, would you continue to keep walking with God day in and day out? Or would you give up because no one else is? Because that is really how strong your faith is. So I really want to try to do everything that we can as a youth ministry to try to prepare you for that day where you're standing on your own two feet. And that even if you're halfway around the world, You would still walk with god you would be faithful and you'd be obedient not because it's the right thing to do but because you love god with everything that you have inside of you and it doesn't matter where you are it doesn't matter who you're around that you will walk with god because you love him and you care about him and you know there's coming a day where you are going to die and you're going to stand before him you're going to give an account and you want to look him square in the eye and have all the confidence in the world that he's going to look at you and say well done you did a fantastic job because you were faithful to me I mean, don't you want that? I want that. Well, if that's your heart's desire, if that's what you want, then you need to be a part of what we're doing here. You need to be a part. Anytime that we're here, be here. Any activity that that we have, be here. Anytime that we're getting together and we're just going and just hanging out and just doing whatever, or we're going out and we're evangelizing like some of you guys do at the mall, or we're going to a get-together, or whatever, be involved. Be involved in what we're doing because it will help you get prepared for that day where you can walk with God on your own. So the next picture there is uh, on the next page. If you flip it over, is I liken it to this too. I found this picture today, and I stole it from the web. And I look at it like this: grounded, you've got a little sprout. Solid is when begin you begin to grow your roots and you grow your leaves in order to nourish yourself. But then in the singles group, single focus, that you are firmly rooted and established. And it doesn't matter if there's any other trees around that are firmly rooted and established. You are, and you are growing because you love God and you are faithful. That's the idea. And that's why we do what we do. So, with that said, are there any questions? And it can be anything. It can be completely unrelated. Like, what did you have for lunch today? Whatever. I mean, I don't care. Anything. Come on. Any questions? What? I can't have lunch. Thanks for asking. Um, I had I had lunch with Rick today. We went to That's a Wrap down in Kenton. I would highly recommend it. They have incredible wraps, amazing wraps, homemade chips, kettle style potato chips with a homemade chip dip that is to die for. And I added bacon to my wrap just because I could, and it was amazing. Yeah. What's your favorite kind of pie? My favorite kind of pie. My favorite kind of pie. All right. So this is going to be, like, a trick answer. Yeah. Um, my favorite dessert, period. Oh, there's a close second, but we'll just go with it. I love blueberry crisp. That is my favorite. My mom's blueberry crisp is amazing. So you take that and put it in a pie shell? Yes. I love it. That's my pie. Blueberry crisp pie. Yep. There you go. It's, it could be blueberry uh, crumbles. Yes. There you go. All right. What else we got? Yeah. Timmy. What's the close second? The close second would be... Chocolate peanut butter pie, oh, yeah. period. Any chocolate, any peanut butter. I'm sorry, Victoria. I love it. So whenever I have it, just don't be near me. We'll be all right. Okay. Chocolate peanut butter anything, I just love. Like Handles, they have their chocolate peanut butter ripple, where it's like dark chocolate with chunks of peanut butter. I am like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, what else we got? I can't believe you didn't pick Oh, I love Banoffee. Yeah, I do love Bonafi. Bonafi's really, really good. Okay, that's number three. Bonafi's three. Yeah. just have a comment about yeah. the thing? Yes, go ahead. Um, so if you guys are coming and you guys don't have the address, just ask oh, me. Say what it is. Because yeah. Because nine percent oh, of nine percent hurt me. There's a bonafiard. Or write it on the board. Bonfire, after we get down here at my house, if you don't have the address, just come and ask me. Or write it on, on the board. Yeah, write it on, on, board, board, so on so the board. that's a yeah. good idea. You can do it right now. Okay.
1: Kent. Literally right now? Right
0: now. Bonfire Haley. Haley's. way they can write it down? Dangerous items. Do it. Do <laughs> it. <laughs> Dangerous items for the bonfire have to stay contained, Kent. No explosives. There you go. There you go. Yeah. We're going to be having one right after the service. So this is a great example. If you're in the GroupMe, you'll be able to know all about this kind of stuff. So I want to make sure. So if you have any issues of finding GroupMe, downloading it, just let me know, and we'll work it out. But you want to get involved. Okay.